Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, Alex Brant-Bernard Rasmussen, and Andy Brant-Bernard. A couple of special guests this hour. Michael Bryant is supposed to stop in. That's stiff. You know, you heard me. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. Oh. Right up to this the with the family. Mm-hmm. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant walls automotive group walls.com and doug sprinthal Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. (laughs) So, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Arupa da Padipi. Right. Or something like that. Ladies and gentlemen, they've released a list of the safest 10 cities in America. How often do they release this list? Safest. Safest? I feel like they've done this at least a couple times in the past year. Who's they? Um, This is from Newser website. And is this like in relation yeah. to like coronavirus, yeah. general crime? No, I wonder. Yeah. It's general, it's everything. Okay. General crimes, all that stuff. All the safety. Okay, you ready? The 10 safest cities in America Gilbert, Arizona, Raleigh, North Carolina, Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia, Salem, Oregon, Burlington, Vermont, Lewiston, Maine, Nashua, New Hampshire, Plano, Texas, South Burlington, Vermont, and Columbia, Maryland is the safest city in America. Ooh. I got some bad all, news for somebody in this room. All of those cities are places that I, as a black man, do not want to live. And no other and black, black man. I right. I'd say they picked the, the, the whitest sounding <laughs> cities. You know what? News are boycotting. There aren't any black people. Uh, I wonder what that's all about. Boycott news. Yeah, Raleigh, right. North Carolina. So, List is the most dangerous. Atlanta oh, and is, Washington. Raleigh's very, very white. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know how the hell you spell I, that. My, R-A-L-E-I-G-H. My... Brother-in-law and his family used to live near Raleigh, in Raleigh. Very white and expensive area. Okay, so they've actually renamed all 10 cities now. 
No Negroes, Arizona. No <laughs> Negroes, North Carolina. <laughs> Raleigh is not really white at all. Oh, really? No. Ten years ago, it was 30% black. Oh. That's not that much. That's three times the national average. No, no for the sake of my argument, I'm well, sticking with what I stick with. Salem. Salem. You're not safe from witches there. I was just, yeah. Say, yeah, Salem, that's true. Salem, safe from black people, no, but not witches. Oh, Salem, Oregon. Oh, Salem, Oregon. Never mind. Kind of interesting is Vermont, yeah. New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, Maryland. Oregon. I mean, seriously. Yeah. So it's Honkyville. Yeah, very. I would feel safe in Oregon now. No, I would not either. I would have to agree with you on that one. What's happening? Now? The cancer is spreading. No question about what are you it. About? What? What? Portland. What about it? Port- they're Rona? still rioting. Yeah, they're still, still? rioting. They're still rioting. Yeah. The city's been burning for like almost an entire year, and no one's doing anything about it because that's how Oregon is now. They just, just let it happen. We don't get what's happening. Yeah. I love that. They, they came out. I, I saw an article in the Star Tribune last week. What's causing all the crime in downtown Minneapolis? Gee, I wonder. Gee, I wonder. Well, that'd be you. That's who's causing it. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Yeah. The hot just, take. Let me ask you a question as a black man in America today. Mm-hmm. Aren't you getting a little sick of being used as a human shield? I think you've asked him this before. Yeah. <laughs> least, yeah. I mean, like, like you've got to stay on top of it. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, everything now is just getting ridiculous where it's like, <sighs> at this point, it's either start taking, like, actions as far as, like, legislation type things or changing right. policies and have conversations to move forward or... Like, what are we doing? We're just rinse and receipt. We're, like, recycling every conversation over and over again. Couldn't agree more with the situation. I just don't understand any of it because now it's, of course, you know, uh, oh, I might be in trouble. Well, I think that black people should be able to. They always bring up black people now. Always. Mm -hmm. No matter what they did. Well, the real concern is when are you going to help the black man? It's like it's got nothing to do with you being a car thief. Right. I mean, what? Right. Oh, yeah. There's definitely, yeah, it's like falling back is whatever. If somebody commits a crime, it's like like you're saying, like you steal a car. It's not, you didn't do it because you're black. And you like, there's other reasons. Like the hood isn't the hood because there's black people there. It's because it's an impoverished area where you're doing things right. based on survival. Like you don't, nobody wants to sell drugs and go rob a liquor store. But if that's well, your only way to, well, it, it's fun. It's an adrenaline rush. <laughs> Something to do. <laughs> but I feel like if that's what you, you're doing at that point, where like that's your only option to right. try and survive, that that's a whole different beast. But it's so easy to take care of, and they just won't do it. Right. Well, like I read that, what is it called? White fragility. White, you read that? I read Get it. out of my studio. No, my book my book club was like, we're going to read White Fragility. And I was like, okay. Written by a white woman. Of course. Which I was like, what, as I started reading it, like the first chapter or whatever, and then she she says, like, I am a white woman. I'm like, why are you writing about this? You hate the honky man, like, don't what? you? She hates herself. Yes. Um, and she, in, in the book, she was like, I'm summarizing here but it was basically like you can't say like that's a bad area because then you're racist because you're implying that there are black people there and black people commit crimes black people where in that area right so if you say like that's a bad neighborhood you're being racist no you're not because you're implying that there is high crime and there are black people that commit crimes and black people are bad well i mean look an example i'm like what 
The podcast studio is like 25% dangerous today. Yeah. <laughs> well, when Michael Bryant shows up, it's 20%. <laughs> yeah, 20% yeah, yeah. in the right direction. Another honky comes in. We're good to go. I feel like... It's become a joke. I can't decide who's the least dangerous or the most dangerous person out of the... Like, we're all not... Not dangerous. And I mean, it all depends on, like, where you are. Because, like, if you're in... So, like, where I live is a not a great area. There's, like, shootings really? and carjackings all the time. And it's, like, over on Chicago and Lake Street by, like, the Children's oh, Hospital. Oh, I love that so area. Not, not a great not anymore, area you know. Damn it. But then, like, at the same time for, like, if you go out to, like, a s- suburbs, like, you hear about, like, where... Well, there's like one black person in like the suburbs somewhere like well that might not be a great area for that person so it's all relative as to who yeah. you are and type of thing like if my parents come downtown I'm like hey don't come to m- I'll meet you somewhere <laughs> well, I have a question my for you <laughs> Catherine and I moved into a new neighborhood which is mostly honky but mm-hmm. Minnesota's mostly honky but there are, there is a black I don't know if she's I think it's only a black woman I don't think she has a family with her uh, there's a black woman there's a family of uh, of Iranians well, there was. No, they the, the grandparents are still there. It's just their children moved to California. Yeah, the children and the children's children. So now it's not really a family anymore. It's just a couple. Uh, Why? Well, semantics. <laughs> anyway, we got a gay couple. We got mm-hmm. we got like the whole shooting right. match. But well, I in a I little cul de sac. You know when I realized diverse. that? You know when I realized that was true? Oh. Just now. Mm. I wasn't even thinking about no. that. Oh no. I don't think about, well, I better dial in where the colored people are. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? From my perspective, like, so I'm in the process now of, like, starting to buy a house, and, like, the first thing I'm doing is checking, do I have at least one black neighbor? Anybody? I'm moving out uh, to the suburbs, and I want to make sure there's at least one other black family on my block, so I know if some stuff goes down. We have an African family in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The entire block... All of the other houses have Black Lives Matter signs. Oh God! And then see, then that's the other thing too. When I, if like I yeah. moved into the neighborhood, and if there's no Black Lives Matter signs, which whatever, don't care. But then if I move in, and now all of a sudden they all <laughs> yeah, go up, that's exactly I'm taking what them all out. We support you. <laughs> I'm yeah. taking Believe them you. all out because these Knock people are like door. straight from <laughs> Africa, so they moved in, and then yeah, everyone was all of a sudden like, gotta let them know. They that probably I'm... don't even know what it's or, about. Like yeah. they're just from Africa. Yeah, they're from like, Africa. What, are you what did they about? even? <laughs> yeah. Or if they, they put up Black Lives Matter signs after I move in, I'm like going door to door instead of like, oh, here's a plate of cookies or something. Like, yeah. oh, here's some like KFC and some watermelon. Oh, <laughs> Pumping no, up the stereotype you guys yeah. want to you, you like single me out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got some of those with me as well. I never had chitlins, and I don't think I ever no, would. I don't know why don't anyone would. Nope. <laughs> don't think I ever. I have had tripe, though. I almost tried them once, and then somebody explained to me what they are, and I was like, hard pass. Over the long weekend, I went to it. I won't say where it was, because I'd probably get the woman in trouble. But I went to the grocery store. It was in Plymouth, but every kind of grocery store is in Plymouth. That's why I'm not zeroing in. And she's behind the behind the plexiglass, and she's going like, like that. I said, are you okay? She goes, no. I said, what's the matter? This guy just came over here and bought something called head cheese. Mm. Oh, head cheese is disgusting. What yes. is that? Is it's it disgusting. Ground up brains or something? Uh, uh, it's more or less. Well, it's you take the head yeah. of a cow, and then you basically take all the meat you can, and then you make it into like a jelly. Yep. 
Ugh. That's gross. God. <laughs> so yeah. No chitlins, well, that's no like, edgy. My, my grocery store, they sell, like, you can get a thing of chicken feet. Yeah, chicken feet. That's right. just like, yeah. like you, is that even edible? I, Wouldn't that just be like tendons? I don't know what you do yeah. with chicken feet. Because I don't, yeah, like, I appreciate you make a soup with it. And then it's like, sure. you don't eat the actual foot. I think you eat, yeah. like, the broth that's yeah. with it. Wouldn't you that's take like the little the, feet and then make. In the and then snow. you pull it, yeah. <laughs> That's like the carcass of the turkey after Thanksgiving. You're supposed to make broth with it. Carcass. It's a carcass. So you got head cheese, you got chitlins, and you got carcass. You got it all here today. No, it's like the what's the lutefisk stuff? Oh, the yeah. De- oh, no, it's so cod and lime. Yeah, no, yep. thank you. Mm, I also heard tasty. that over the weekend. Never gonna eat that either. On a national program, they were doing. They were interviewing some chef from Minnesota. I don't even know where he was from. And they actually said Ludafrisk. Ludafrisk. Yeah, Ludafrisk. It's Ludacris. It's the new Ludacris. You're eating Ludacris. The new flavor from Friskies. Ludafrisk. Ludafrisk. Make your house smell horrible. Greatest cat food ever. It does. Ludafrisk. I don't think a cat would eat Ludafrisk. Ludacris. It's a cat food with Ludacris on the can. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. That's exactly it. I don't know. It's. Oh my god. The whole thing's enough to make a. The only thing I hate more than like those foods is the people that try and defend those foods. Like, well, you just haven't had some. Somebody uh, make my it husband, correctly. you haven't tried wow, my wow. lutefisk. Yeah, of okay, course Dan. I haven't. Never so, going to, I mean, so. yes, it's better than other lutefisk, but it's mm-hmm. still terrible. Right. So it's, just it's not fishy gel or something. Yeah, it's oh, fish that's been soaked, soaked in, in lye until it becomes gelatinous. And like, yeah. what is lye? It's uh, not even food. God, right. So like, I don't know like why. Some All those things you tell well, women. <laughs> okay, oh, we don't need to. Open, we don't need to open that Pandora's box today. That up. Okay. Oh my God. Let's not open we'll that never up. leave. Okay. Yeah, it's a. It's a. Extremely. I think it's alkaline. So it's, it's like you know. Alkaline. Think of a really powerful acid. Yeah. It's a powerful alkaline. Yeah, like does it, the it same was, thing. It was for preserving fish. Okay. like yeah. back in and the days you, of yore. Yeah, could you just you can't just go to Lunds and Byerleys and be like, oh, the lie is on in aisle eight next I, I to the flower. I don't know. I don't even know what. I don't know that either. You do. Uh, it's a cleaning product. Yeah, but where lie you get it is from? a cleaning product. <laughs> yes. you put on, it just gets well, better and, and better. You can also. Lying, an attorney <laughs> just came yeah, in. Same. Thank you very much. Hey. Great to be here. What? Are you guys going? Yeah, eleven thirty. Eleven forty-five. No, who said that? No, oh, jeez. Okay, I uh, it doesn't really <laughs> matter, but <laughs> never mind. So, well, what time do you have to leave? Um, I have to be across the street at twelve thirty. So, uh, all right then. We're talking about lie. Across the street. Yeah. And yeah. lutefisk. We're talking about horrible food. He's going like to Orange to Theory. K- I have to go to Cavan. Chitlins. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what you, 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 know, you got the commercials. You. Talking about chitlins and ludifus. Right next door. <laughs> You're right next door. What the hell? What's your favorite food that isn't actually food, but people pretend it is? Maraschino cherries. Why don't we do this? We'll take a break. We'll come back. And They're Michael disgusting. Bryant. You soak them in. Do what the hell? In maraschino? No. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Those are mine, yeah. Okay. Typically. Um, do what you will. What do you soak maraschino cherries in? And drinks, cocktails? No. Tasty syrup. To make the maraschino cherries. Oh, what do you soak them in? You soak them in. It's an S. S? Suckwad. That's not a syrup. Suckwad. Yeah, syrup. No. Oh my God. All right, we got to get a guest on. We'll be back. I need phone. Right after this. Maybe he knows what's lie or something. No. Oh my God. Michael Bryant also in studio now. Sulfur dioxide. That's not what I'm Sulfur dioxide. I mean, it is. Kevin really? Pittman's yeah. not yep. coming to your neighborhood unless there's another Yikes. black person there already. Now we yes, know. Yes, sir. We now learned we all know. this he stuff would, He today. wouldn't come to my neighborhood. 
You're right. We got to be on the There's brown people. Next door. I have brown neighbors, but not mm. black. Brown neighbors. You freaked brown me neighbors. out with that talk today about the Virginia school bus law. What? I don't talk about that. You, you were talking about the school bus, stopping for what school happened? buses in Virginia. You talked about that on the radio this morning. I did. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and how they changed one word in the in the legislation. Oh yes. And sometimes like, did that happen in Minnesota? I'm like pulling up the law like I missed it. You know, it's like no. What happened? What are you talking? They dropped a word in the legislation at Virginia, so so when you look at the statute, you cannot violate a school bus uh, nope. stop law. You don't have to stop ridiculous. for school buses because they left ridiculous. the word out. Oh, and so until I heard it was Virginia, I was freaking out for a minute that somehow I'd miss something. Then oh, then uh, I think it was uh, Zepp came on and it's like, well, any lawyer would do malpractice if they didn't know the law. It's like stop oh, with God. the malpractice. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them that. Don't say a word. We'll be right back. Special guest coming up next, Derek. Richardson. Tom Bernard with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. Michael, can you tell me, what do you like most about your job? Well, I know we only have a minute, so the short version is how we build relationships with our customers, being able to drive around town and see all the businesses we've been able to help, and how that translates to jobs for their employees, and the impact that makes on families in our area. It's truly rewarding. I also love to see the families that started banking with us 22 years ago when their children were young. Now those kids are adults. They're banking with us too. Lastly, I'd say seeing our customers' reactions when we're able to do something unexpected for them, like deliver cash directly to them when they need it, but physically can't come to the bank. I love what I do. Did you bring some of that cash here today? Huh? <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. Is this the double bass, you think, or is it just one bass that fast? I'm going to go one bass that fast. That's fast, man. Bass? Sounds like a drum to me. Bass drum. Oh. <laughs> but you meant bass guitar. I was like, I don't that's know definitely not a guitar. Are you beating on something? <clears throat> Our special guest, ladies and gentlemen, Derek Richardson. How are you doing, Derek? I'm good. How are you, sir? Marvelous. Go play the ultimate roadmap to winning the game of life. 
You know, normally, Derek, my wife is here on uh, Monday. She's not here today, but normally she is. So I, I would have to have said, I already won, Derek. I married <laughs> Catherine. What do you think? I like it, man. I like it. You, you got to do what you to make sure you continue to win. That, that, that's all. And I'm sure she's going to tell you that you are continuing to win every day. As a child, we are taught to go play. No instructions are needed to figure out uh, how to get this done. So what is it? What, what's it all about? Go play. What's it all about? You know, it's really just about not second-guessing yourself. I think as adults, we can get ourselves uh, wrapped up in our own head, our own emotions, overthinking everything. You know, when we're kids and mom's cooking dinner, she says, go play. You know, we don't ask her, well, should I play with Legos? Should I go knock on Johnny's door? Right. Should I go shoot hoops in the driveway? You just kind of get out of the kitchen and, and you go make it happen. And I think that if we do that as adults, we can set ourselves up for success more often than not. And we just don't do it as adults. We just, you know, everything needs instruction. We need to know exactly how to do everything. And we're holding ourselves back. We're limiting ourselves because of our thought process. So the book is... Uh, just simply about going to play just like you would when you were eight or nine years old and your mom's cooking and she says, get out of my way, go play. We learned how to entertain ourselves just fine back then. Why can't we do it now? And, and then take that to the next level. We learned how to succeed back then. Well, why can't we do that now just by going to play and figuring it out sort of on the fly? See, I think that's a wonderful life. Have people kind of lost the, not the will to do it, but it just seems to me that people <clears throat> like being cloistered they don't want to get out that much. You can't go to a comedy show. You can't go to the movie. The movie theaters in the state of Minnesota are closed for another two and a half weeks, almost three weeks. Can people go play right now, Derek? You know, when, we, when you talk about it from a business perspective, and I am certainly a serial entrepreneur, I think people are going to play more now than ever. I mean, decisions Good. are being made on the fly more now than ever. Um, you, you talk about the bar and restaurant industries. Uh, having to make it work, um, you know, even even brick-and-mortar businesses and, and office buildings like, like mine, you know, we're making decisions now on the fly that normally we wouldn't make for a couple quarters. I mean, we, we typically plan a couple quarters ahead. And now it's like, hey, we got to make that decision right now. You know, there's no beta test, just go, right? Um, when you talk about the civilian life, I think it's the same thing. I mean, kids are home from school, I don't know, they just shut us back down in Columbus, Ohio, right? So kids on Wednesday got the message that on Monday they're going back to e-learning. So you had Thanksgiving, and then you had quickly two days to figure out how you're going to handle child care, how you're going to get Johnny uh, to go back to e-learning on Zoom uh, when mom may have returned to work, right, or dad may have returned to work. So when you look at the pandemic specifically, I think people are going to play more now than ever on the serious note of just making the decision on the fly and not waiting for instructions. But when it comes to entertaining ourselves, it's the same thing. I mean, my Thanksgiving is normally 50 or 60 people. We rent out a hall every year. This year we were playing playing board games with my kids at home, and we certainly made it a different day than any other day. We cooked, and we had fun, and we played board games, and we laughed, and we watched football. And That's not a traditional Thanksgiving for us, but we certainly were entertained. It was one of my favorite Thanksgivings, at least in the last couple of years, because when you're with so many people, you know, you're always trying to go from table to table to say hello to uncles and aunts that you haven't seen since last year. Um, but I think that we are, again, learning to go play in life, specifically with this pandemic, and it's a skill that I think we have forgotten uh, that we're, we're actually being reminded of right now. 
It's a very good point, actually. Just uh, do, do people have the wherewithal these days mentally to make their own decisions, these kind of <laughs> things? It just seems to me that everybody has to tune in to some news program to find out if they should breathe today or not. My God, people are glued <laughs> to the news right now. It's, it drives me nuts. You know, it is so funny that uh, I have a buddy of mine who is also an entrepreneur. He's more of a solopreneur, but he certainly has been doing his own thing for 10 or 12 years. Uh, And when we first sent our guys home in March, he said, what are you doing? I said, i got to send my guys home. I have guys who are in their 60s. I have two guys in their 60s. I have another one who doesn't fall into that category, but has had a collapse long. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, They're saying that this is high risk for these people. They got to go home, so I might as well send everybody home, just move it over with, and learn how to uh, have these guys work at home. And then in June, we were like, you know what, this isn't working. The energy isn't there. You know, people are having all these uh, depressive thoughts at home and anxieties, and, and kids are home, and they have to be teacher and all this kind of stuff. And I said, we're bringing them back. And my buddy says to me, he says, you should have never left. I said, I don't know if I should have never left. I left. I went to go play. I didn't like that game. <laughs> we decided to play another game. You know what I mean? And right. we brought it back into the office. And so I think that you just have to have the confidence enough to make your own decision. You're 100% right. When you watch the news, too often they're making this, the decisions for you. But who are making their decisions? And, and, and whoever's making their decisions, who's making their decisions? Right? So the, 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 the domino effect doesn't stop. You have to learn how to make your own decisions. Take the data that you have. Analyze it. Make the decision. And, and adjust if you have to. But you know, make the decision. That's the number one key. How, you know, how did you apply? Sorry, uh, no, okay. how did you apply your the, the, your ideas from the book to sending the people home? Like, did did that play a role in how you made it successful for them to work from home? So the funny thing is that my administrative staff. So I have two businesses that that have employees, um, an insurance agency and a marketing firm. We operate out of the same building, but different. Uh, parts of the building um and the funniest thing was that, so my mom's 75th anniversary i'm sorry 75th surprise birthday party was march 14th and on the 15th which is that sunday um i actually took my wife on vacation mm. so on the 16th in columbus anyway it may have been nationwide but i think just columbus put in there or ohio put in their state stay-at-home order that included office buildings so i was actually told what to do on the 16th I was actually in Phoenix, Arizona, and I called my business partner. I was like, just got to round up the guys. Let's do a Zoom real quick. I'll explain why we're going home. Um, and, and that decision was made for me on, on March 16th. Now, the week prior, I had talked about sending people home because of, again, the three high-risk employees, and they went home. So it was sort of like, okay, they, these guys have to go home because they're high-risk. I made that decision. Okay, Governor DeWine says, you know, stay-at-home orders in place work from home to do it so we could do that and then I cut my vacation short came back and we put together a plan within about 48 hours of what that looks like in terms of the amount of calls you need to make to continue to get your salary because I certainly couldn't send people home pay them and they're not producing mm-hmm. right um, so we put together plans almost like a whole new job description on that Thursday and Friday rolled it out the following Monday um, and you know it, it was just one of those things hey we got to do it I told my wife I said hey we got to go back you know, this pandemic could affect us, and sorry, vacation will be short. We'll come back out here later on in the fall when things calm down. Now, little did I, did I know things would calm <laughs> yeah. down by the fall, so we, we still haven't been back out to Phoenix, but um, 
you know, you, you just you take the information that you have, okay, you dissect it, you analyze it, and then you just make a decision. You just you just go to go play. And I, and I tell people it's hmm. more basketball than football. Football, you know, you know what your play is. You, everybody has an assignment on every single play, right? But if I'm coaching basketball, I can't tell you, hey, dribble four times, do a head fake, dribble through your legs, throw a bounce pass, right? I can't tell you exactly what to do. I can tell you to run a pick, and if it's not there, okay, run a motion. And I can tell you, hey, I need three points, go score. But I can't. I don't have a set play like I do in football. Hmm. And so life is much more basketball, in my opinion, than football, to where it's not a set play in every single scenario. And that's why Michael Michael's life is a slam dunk. Thank you very much. Great to be here, Derek. I, you just you just answered a question I've had for a couple of years now, and I, I'm I'm reading. We're talking to Derek Richardson about his book, "Go Play the Ultimate Road Map to Winning the Game of Life." I've been wondering for quite some time now why no one ever finishes their work anymore. They'll almost get it finished, but they never, ever finish their work any longer. And then I saw this line in your descriptor of the book. Why is it, uh, as adults, that we make things so difficult? Mm -hmm. I think you're absolutely right. You make things so difficult that by the time you get around to finishing your work, you don't get it finished because it's too damn hard to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely Plus, right. It's all your mom's fault. One of my, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one of my, one of my best employees, um, literally on Monday does nothing. To me, it looks like he does nothing. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. He's planning out his entire week. I mean, he takes eight hours to plan out his entire week. Wow. Now he's, oh. a, top, he's a top producer, so if it's not broke, don't fix it. So right. I, you know, right. I don't get on it too much. But that would drive me crazy. You're, you're taking an entire day. Worth of, that you could be producing just to set up your week, to set up the other four days. To me, that's so crazy. It's overkill. Hmm. It's overboard. Right. Like, figure it out while you go. You know, I, I always tell people that I am a much, uh, I'm a guy who says, hey, yes, I'll accept that opportunity. Let's go. You're ready now? Yeah, because it's hands-on experience. Anytime you, you have a job, and even if they put you in a classroom-type training environment, what do they tell you? Well, you're really going to figure this out when we throw you to the fire. Or you're really going to figure this out when you have that hands-on experience. So why not just get the hands-on experience and forget the planning and all that good stuff? And it's going to change anyway once you get into the fire. So you know that's that's just how I live my life. And I know other people uh, find it difficult sometimes. Like like again, Dave Cafeo, one of my best employees. Uh, but it's one of those things that it's it's would drive me crazy to live like that. Yeah. That makes total sense. Ladies and gentlemen, the book is called Go Play the Ultimate Roadmap to Winning the Game of Life. Derek Richardson, first name spelled D-E-R-Y-C-K. I should have asked you, do you pronounce your name Derek? I do pronounce my name Derek. So my dad is also Derek, but uh, it was the French version that he turned into the American version. So it was Derek at one point. That's what I was wondering. Uh, <laughs> I guess it could be Derek. It could be Derek. Yeah, it was. It could be Derek. It was Derek at one point, but no, we have organized it and made it uh, Derek now. I like it. Derek, Derek Richardson, ladies and gentlemen. He's got a new name. Derek, thank you so much for your time. Great book. Thanks for your time today, sir. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Bye. We'll be back. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. 
Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. You know, once again, all I do is prove my background. Mm-hmm. You think any honky out there would have known the name Derek? Derek. I mean, it's French, so it's not really like yeah, it's, it's a black like he's thing. Had. It's well, like, I know, well. You ever know, you ever met a white guy named Derek? Yeah, I've a never French been to France. White guy, yeah, probably. Don't try There's to make stuff up as you go along. Spelled. Yeah, like like who spelled that name? Yeah, you know? Derek. 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 But it was that was interesting. So. It was. What, so what do you think of that, the fact that people make things so difficult, that's why they never finish their work anymore? It's people true. do. There's no question about it's that. It's got to stop. Yeah. I mean, seriously, nothing gets finished anymore. And that the whole theory be- behind what eating the frog is that you, you make bigger problems out of what a problem is instead yeah. of just doing yep. it. Right. Yep. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. Just yeah. do like, it. Yeah. Maybe not make, necessarily making things so hard, but not asking for help or getting help when you need it like taking on too I much agree. by yourself and rather than delegating and saying like yeah we can get this big task done if i tell somebody else hey i need your help doing one or two other things you wouldn't want to do that no they're like i want all the credits so i have to do this all myself and then it doesn't get done and yeah, now precisely. you're like an idiot yep. so you can, i still please somebody explain to me how oxford university and astrazeneca could given for two months gave people the wrong dosage and then reported their numbers. The, <laughs> yeah. the percentage was too low. Yeah. It was at 90, and it actually is at like 96%. They were giving people half doses and didn't even know they were doing it. Hmm. 90% effectiveness at half dose? That's not bad. Well, yeah, that's that what they good. said, too. Yeah. It's really, really good. Well, but how do you do that? It's going to work pretty well if yeah. they can get it yeah. to people. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Well, don't you think they had a solution to the common cold? I mean, they, there Probably. was no financial reason to no. do it because you made so much money off the cold. Uh, but I gotta point. believe they had some solutions. Conspiracy theory. I mean, yep. they oh, did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am on, on board with this. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Like, I think the same thing about like cancer and stuff like that. Like they can get it to where it's like a mad, like a 100%. manageable where yeah, a lot of people can well, beat not it. Not cancer. I think that you kill yeah. somebody. I think that would cancer. Like, slow you down. Cancer treatment bit. facilities but are all private owned. Common right. cold. You know, it's like why I'm telling you. You know, the common cold. They have antivirals, and they do work on the common cold, but, well, for one, the potential for side effects is not great. They're pretty hard on your kidneys, that kind of thing. It's like, you know, you give it to people who a cold would kill them, Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's like they absolutely have to, you know, it's like a CEO is flying to China tonight. He has to not have a cold, you know, then he could get it, but... You know, if you're just some random person, they're not going to give it to you. Yeah, it makes sense. That because it's cold is like, it's nothing. Who cares? Yeah. Well, that, and I think that's why they were like, yeah, we can solve it, but we don't really want to. You know, they make a lot of money off it. Oh, yeah. They make so much money off of the common yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one of my and the favorite. flu vaccine? Crap. Yeah. Really? yeah. Never taken I've been, one. I was say, I can't remember the last it's, time I got a flu okay, vaccine. Okay. So I've the flu vaccine, yeah. the flu vaccine at its most effective is 40. 50? F- yeah, 50 is like Yeah. 
unheard of. It's typically yeah, between it's like flip a coin, it's, really. It's typically between ten to twenty percent on any given year effective. Vitamin D three. If you take a high dose of vitamin D three, it's fifty percent mm-hmm. all the time. Well, and it's like I have never done either. And I have had the flu once when I was like 14. Yeah. So it's like, well, just don't be gross. And every other country. <laughs> don't be gross. Like, That's 100% effective. <laughs> yeah. be gross. There you go. Yeah. yeah, there you Stay go. Stay away from human beings. Flu season, well, just act like it's flu season. Well, England has socialized medicine, so they, for vaccines and stuff, they outweigh the risk benefit, you know? Like, okay, if we provide this vaccine for everybody, is it actually worth it? Or is yeah. it just better for everybody to just get it? They only tell sick, like poorly people yep. and poorly, um, poorly people. I'm poorly? being British. You're a poorly person. I'm being British. That's what they say. They're you poorly. Mean poorly fat guys. Um, <laughs> oh, poorly. I'm just thinking of Becky. Not, Becky says, "Oh, okay. we only tell poorly people," which means Does like she? yeah, people who are doing poorly. Yeah, and uh, the old people. They're the oh, only people okay. that get the flu vaccine. She's uh, like, nobody gets it except yeah. for old people exactly. and stuff. And same thing with the chickenpox. They don't. Don't do a chicken pox vaccine because it doesn't make any sense. But America, it's like you yeah, get you get forty five CVS points if you get a flu vaccine. Yep. It's like what the hell I is know. this? No, get away from me. Sage and Vaughn just two little infected little kids. Oh, right I gave him right. chicken pox, hundred percent. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I absolutely did. There's no reason not to. One of my friend's husbands had shingles, and she gave her kids chicken pox, and I was like, let's go over and share some lollipops, kids. Get her done. We did it. It was great. Well, we can never have Officer Dave in studio again, by the way. Why not? Because he thinks head cheese is good. Yeah! Oh, Oh, you're out. You're out of the mix, brother. I'm like, what do you put that on? He just drinks wine. Do you put it on a cracker? What do you put it on? Do you just eat it with a fork? Yeah. Do you just call Officer Dave a cracker? (laughs) If the shoe fits. (laughs) (laughs) Eat head cheese. Oh my God, head cheese. That stuff looks Yuck. so damn. Seriously, I went to the grocery store, Michael. I was telling oh this before you got here, and the woman behind the counter was standing back, going, "She was going like." <clears throat> <laughs> I said, "What's the matter?" She goes, "Some guy just bought head cheese." <laughs> I imagine you see some weird shit. Well, sometimes you go to Hy-Vee and it's like they've got a section for like, you know, beef pancreas or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah. Where did that come from? And what the hell do you use it for? I know. The co op, there's the weirdest crap. Look at those doodles and pancreas for Yeah, for real. It's like some time ago I needed a ride from a guy and, uh, he was like, well, you know, my truck kind of smells because I work on a farm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, how bad could it smell? I got, I got in that truck, really? and I thought it would be impolite to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there going. Oh. <laughs> it was a turkey farm. Oh, oh God. Turkeys, God. turkeys oh, reek. Yeah. Oh, they my do God. Reek. Chickens are the same grossest. way. They're just disgusting. That was gross. Yeah. <laughs> the worst, the worst smell, I worked as like a delivery for a butcher a while back, oh. and the worst smell I've ever smelled was in the summer, their dumpster where they like oh, throw God. everything out. Oh, God. Oh. Gross. Well, yeah, oh, it's like an nasty. open grave that's rotting. Yeah. <laughs> an open grave. No, thank you. Uh, yeah. right, what a show. Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> well, hey, we have a compost bin now, and let me tell you, it doesn't have to be meat, it can be anything. Winter is a great time to be composting. Not when you smells. have a beagle. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose that's true. But it's like, finally, you don't have to worry about maggots everywhere. It's like, is your compost outside? Yeah. 
No, it's in our basement. Well, I'm we saying, like, does it, it not, like, okay, I'm not a farmer, I'm not an elite farming mind, but, like, <laughs> if, it's, farming mind. if it's That's, freezing outside, yeah. does the food still break down the same? Like, does it not take longer because it's frozen? It definitely takes longer. It, it generates its own heat but it, in yeah, the decomposition like, process. Yeah. And you have to keep, you have to, like, turn this thing. Oh, so yep. this isn't just, like, a pile and stuff. To, <laughs> Set no. it and forget it? I don't know. No. What, <laughs> I mean, we just have a thing in our kitchen that is tiny, and we take the bags to mom and dad's. So we don't like actually do oh, the composting. Okay. We give our compost to them, and then they oh. they got their so little. Is, what do you do? You guys grow? like a big pile of kale just sitting out there? Yeah, yeah that's, that's all that it is. A bunch of weeds, a bunch of weeds Giant just sitting out the yard. Kale. Do you guys grow your own vegetables? I wish. So what do you have a compost pile for? Uh, for all food that you don't eat. Right. Ever since what do you we do started with composting, it's composted. It's goes you send back it out. into the earth. Yep. So you just throw it in your yard. Well, it's no. You put it in a thing. And you turn it, and it takes a while for it to go away. Yes, and then you can just put it, yeah, you can put it in put your it in yard. You can throw it in the woods. It makes the grass it healthy. Goes. Yeah, it's good for the well, planet. The main benefit we have seen is that since we started composting, we throw away like one garbage bag a week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Way less Cut garbage. Okay. Most people's garbage yeah. is food waste. It's mostly food, yeah. And it's going to break down in the in the landfill anyway, but it'll take a lot right. longer. I ate all that, and that was the problem. <laughs> so you have to eat everything. There's no well, food waste like, ever. Yeah, it's like bones. I mean, even though yeah. we don't have bones in our house at our Yeah, compost. where would the bones come from? Yeah. I re- one of my Broccoli friends- stems are basically bones. Right. You don't want to eat those. That's what? true. I eat what broccoli don't you stems. Want to eat? Like the actual, like the they're, master yeah. stem or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you Delish. eat that? Because it's you chop it up. It has Delish. the consistency of obsidian. Well, but like still obsidian. obsidian. Okay. It's good fiber. <laughs> it is good fiber. Yeah. Also, it's you chop I'll agree it up with that. It's good stuff. You make it into a smoothie. Same thing with color. No. We had back Gross. in the day. We had a neighbor when we bought a bought a. Uh, I guess it was a cabin down in Florida. It's not a cabin. You're uh, we had a neighbor. He didn't live in the same complex. Yeah, that was not a cabin. No. He lived the next one over. <clears throat> and every Friday, I think it was, you could see him driving down Okeechobee Boulevard, and he would take a right on, what was that, 7? Yeah. Well, yeah, take a right on 7. Yeah. Every Friday, and he'd get out of That's his car. car seven. And put four garbage bags on the curb and just drive away. Hmm. And so I walked by and looked in, and it was his garbage. He literally did not want to pay the garbage man to pick it up, so he just put it on the street corner, and they'd eventually come and get it. That's wow. actually a. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure a, that's a crime. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Crime. For sure. it's crime. definitely a crime. Absolutely. I don't know if it's a misdemeanor. At or worst, it's, li- it's or at a, least it's littering. Like the, yeah, it's, at the very least, it's, very least it's you're not even grand litter, to, littering. You're right. not even supposed to touch other people's garbage. No, yeah. you're not. It's a biohazard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We Is actually it really we yeah, actually find weird stuff in our dumpster every once in a while that people have decided. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Found a couch. Oh found a whole bunch of porn. Couch. Um, so you cleaned <laughs> you out. Found a couch. Your bed? Yeah, I found, found a, couch. a couch. We found some computer stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, every once in a while our, our garbage is. So where do you keep the stuff. porn? <laughs> under, he has a chest the at the tree. end of his bed. <laughs> it's, under, it's under the sofa yeah, yeah. in my basement. Yep. Yeah. He built a treehouse out in his. Backyard. I never told this story on the air, did I? <laughs> what? When I was renovating the, the basement. Store. 
Kind of. Oh, God. In the ceiling? I, yeah, I r- ripped down the ceiling, and down came a 74 Playboy. Yeah, you, you said that. 74 Playboy. Oh, my God, Playboy. really? Yeah. 74 Playboy. Was it a roof buzzy? It was pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell would have been in 74? It was like uh, Marilyn Monroe, or it was... Um, that would have been the 60s. Yeah, it would have been 60. That would have been later. It might have been... Uh, um, Margo what's Kinder? Her name? Um, Raquel Welch. I don't think she ever yeah. did nudity, though. Yeah, she actually did. Oh, did she? Not that I would know. <laughs> I don't know. But Go to our porn expert, Michael Brown. According to Google. Yes, I checked it on no. Google, and they said. Michael Brown just lists off his five favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was not, good, not as good as Penthouse. Yeah. Right. No, I remember Jay Leno's old. Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, the only time I ever bought a Playboy was leaving for college. We bought a Playboy and stuck it in my friend's, like, under his mattress. So that way his parents would find it when he was off at college. Oh and we thought it would be hilarious to, like, hide Playboys in his cold. cold. <laughs> you used to, years ago, read some of the Penthouse Forum yeah, letters every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. Well, about the so. coat hanger was yeah. my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, the coat hanger. <laughs> you ever heard the coat hanger one? Uh, nope. Uh, Dear Penthouse Forum, I have a problem. I met this young woman, and she's very attractive, and I'm wild about her, but we do have a problem that uh, every time we have sex, like right in the middle of having sex, she shoves a wire coat hanger up my ass. Uh, what? Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. just tell her no? Say, yeah, like, yeah, please you say, don't, don't do, do that. Please don't that do that. Like- you could really injure somebody doing yeah. that. Because I have a lot of questions about, like, is this the whole... <laughs> like, how, yeah. like, all is it, right. is yeah. it bent? Is, is it unwound? Is it the spiky part? Like, what's happening? You can perforate someone's yeah. bone with yeah. that thing. Yeah. Yep. Jay Leno uh, had the... we got to take a break here because Michael's got to get going because he was late. To I was late. I, I apologize for that. Disaster. Disaster. I was trying to be Catherine. Oh! Well, then you shouldn't show up at all. <laughs> Jay Leno, very quickly, ladies and gentlemen, uh, said that he grabbed a Playboy, a Penthouse, and a Hustler magazine and took them to this gynecologist friends of his house. He said, I want to get your opinion on this. So I showed him the Playboy, and he went, yeah, it's, that's the human body. It's a good picture of her. I mean, she's an attractive woman, obviously. Okay, that's a what good would picture. a gynecologist have anything to do with porn? Maybe if you could are they like the joke. Right. Are yeah. they like... Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. It, it is a joke, but um, so anyway, he goes, yeah, that's uh, that's real normal looking. That's what mm-hmm. women look like. So then I showed him penthouse. And he went, well, that's a little, I don't know, some weird lighting or something. They just got it. It's lit in a very bizarre way. And then I showed him Hustler magazine. He said, I have no idea what the hell that is. <laughs> Larry Flint, a hell of a guy. A lot Still, of legal stuff. Is he dead him. now? Uh, I have no idea if Larry Flint's dead or not. F L Y N T. No, I think he's still alive. Larry Flint is still alive. Yeah, I mean, he's he not that old. He's seventy-eight. He hasn't threatened any congressmen lately. That was no, his big thing. True, Every right. two years, he'd threaten congressmen. He's going to come out with the big story. Oh so, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah, what did he get shot in the seventies? Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. He got yeah, shot. We ended up in the wheelchair. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, all right, Michael. We'll see you again. Uh, I'll be next back Monday. next Monday. So I look forward to it. Be on time next time. I will be on time. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back. You know what day it was one time.